It's like, it's like the devil trying to scare you. But then the angels come in and the angels, they let you know who's in trouble. This is New Wine for New Wineskins. My name is Rigoberto Dominguez. Welcome to the segment. Go get your Bibles and notepads and let's get that new wine. I tried living apart from God. At times I was feeling so far from God. My faith in his people that left me scarred. The hatred and hurt was so bizarre. I thought that they would always ride for me. I cried but nobody replied to me. I questioned the truth inside of me and right about then is when the devil had lied to me. Like, hold up, God got you, he don't ever show up. All his people acting like they know you. Tell you that you do it for the money, fame, power, trying to blow up. Why you playing games, trying to grow up? You been reading Bibles and leading studies and helping your little buddies, but tell me what it's really doing for you. They gon' still tell you you're faking phony, you're your every motive, so what's the point in trying to keep it loyal? Said you have faith, fake, you're starting to race fake. Can't even take dates, you're hoping to save faith. Trying to go mainstream in order to reach folk. Ain't nobody rocking with you, especially these folk. I lost it, why not drinking liquor in my closet? I used to pray in here, but now I'm saucy. I'm losing money, I'm a lost profit I'm making bad decisions every time I get exhausted Lord, I don't even really know the real me now Demons got me tripping, trying to kill me now Sitting, trying to figure who can help me get delivered Send an angel in an Uber, come and heal me now Evil, you ain't got no control of me I'm never too far from the blood that flowed for me I lost a lot, but got too much again I'll probably never be the same, but I ain't worried Because I know you're storing me How to suffer through the storm Hey, this is Rigoberto Dominguez For New Wine For New Wine Skins Welcome back, welcome back to the segment well, we've gotten past uh, mid-August here in the year of 2021. And uh, again, things are getting a little bit uh, heated in all areas of, uh, of humanity, including with uh, uh, the pandemic issue, um, ideas, uh, political issues, and uh, unfortunately, even the church uh, is uh, being swayed away by um, multiple projected lies. And, you know, the, it gets uh, disheartening uh, to see this ongoing issue. And, um, well, you know, I would say that um, the temptation that Satan feeds um, those of us who are standing on the sideline watching this matter unfold and getting discouraged and disheartened by it um you know satan also uh, uh feeds us the lie that we should just give up and um and not even be participants or contributors to uh the fellowship of believers anymore since you can't even trust your own pastor you can't trust to be sitting next to a, a fellow brother or sister who um uh, who is actually sound-minded in the things of God. And I don't want this to sound uh, as if I'm actually holding to any of the existing positions that seem to be uh, swayed by a political agenda. And um, that's not my position. So I'm neither right nor left. And some actually would say, because I'm neither right or left, that I'm left. Or that um, that I'm failing to do my part as a brother or as a believer, and well, that's that's the discouraging part, and um, and I am going to touch on on a lot of that here, um, this uh, this segment, um, but more so to say that um, that the idea of um idolatry is actually at the core of these matters 
that um, that even though some have gone as far as justifying their view or their position uh, to be Christian-based or God-centered, uh, the truth is that it's something else. And, well, you know, you can tell a tree by its fruit. And, um, and uh, if, if the fruit uh, is nourishing and it's, and it's edifying and it's, um, and it's supposed to do uh, to humanity what it's meant to do um, to really uh, provide a sustenance, well then, um, and it doesn't matter who picks from it. Um, then we know that uh, at some level we can um, assume that it's there f uh, with good intent. Uh, but the fruit, of, if the fruit of your tree, and what I mean by the fruit of your tree is that you are the tree, and the seed that is planted in your soul is the fruit that you're bearing in your life. And um, and these are a lot of analogies that the Lord Jesus Christ Himself used. Uh, to actually um, warn a lot of the sincere believers or followers of the Lord Jesus Christ uh, to be careful to not be swayed by the um, by the teachings of others, um, because uh, he used to use statements like "You can tell a tree by its fruit," and saying, "Hey, the manifestations of their lifestyle uh, tr tell you and give you indications and cues and clues of um, of their intent." Um, in their hearts towards uh, those things that are manifesting in their lives. Uh, and that's true of you and me, that whatever you hold dear in your heart uh, and whatever you hold to be supposedly true, if not the true truth, um, that's what's going to manifest. And it's going to manifest in your conversation. It's going to manifest in your home. It's going to manifest in your um, emotional expressions towards uh, others, uh, you know, it's going to be it's going to be stuck to the back of your vehicle. Uh, God forbid that um, that you go that far to um, to put a bumper sticker of of the view that you hold to uh, on the back of your vehicle, so the world is uh, without question that this is the position that you hold. And um, and well, uh, my question is: Is your bumper sticker attractive or uh, repelling? You know, is it does uh, does your bumper sticker um, uh, is it inviting? Is it is it welcoming? Are you approachable, um, or does it paint a lie and say unless you are this particular view, uh, you will have no part of me? Um, and the unfortunate part I think is here is that a lot of people are taking uh, biblical uh, principles and biblical passages of scripture to justify their political views. Um, you know, it was G.K. Chesterton who said, never judge a philosophy by its abuse. And I've been the one, uh, and I'm also a Department of Corrections chaplain um, uh, as, as part of the work that I do. Uh, and when I go in, and, um, and see and visit uh, uh, the inmates, you know, the biggest challenge that I hear from them, and this is going to be uh, important for you to hear, the biggest challenge that I hear from them is that, um, you know, why why should they consider anything that I have to say or teach since a lot of other people are doing the same thing, but they have uh, ill intentions in doing it or they're hypocritical in their standpoint. And um, the challenge that they bring upon me is always, uh, 
explain to us how do you reconcile the hypocrisy of the Christian church? Everybody knows that they're guilty. Everybody knows that they've lied. Everybody knows that they're guilty. Resting on their conscience, eating their inside. It's freedom. Said it's freedom time now. Hey, this is Rigoberto Dominguez just checking in again at New Wine for New Wine Skins. Want to inform everybody out there to check in on the podcast every Friday night at 7 p.m. Pacific Time. Don't miss it. We always got something new, something fresh for you. It's Freedom Time. Who will dominate the opinions, schisms, and isms, keeping us in forms of religion, conforming our vision to the world church's decision track. Hey, welcome back. Welcome back. So. Yes, so the the challenge that I get, <clears throat> as I was saying, that when I enter the uh, Department of Corrections uh, jail, um, I I get a lot of challenges from the inmates, and um, well, they have seen uh, the hypocrisy um, on the streets; they have lived it. Some of them are still doing it. Some of them are, are wearing uh, masks daily to uh, just to get by. They're constantly in a hypocritical state of this uh, ongoing uh, manipulation of their surroundings uh, to survive. And, well, um, they're able to see the hypocrisy when... Um, uh, supposedly, uh, uh, a man or woman of God uh, seemed to have um, a a sense of uh, of um, of wisdom of the things of God or the scriptures, and then at the same time, uh, simultaneously, they're um, they're encouraging people to, and this is where they see the hypocrisy, um, or one of many hypocrisies. They seem to. Uh, welcome and encourage uh, people because they've received such wisdom or have received um, such insight that it should cost them something, but not necessarily because uh, the preacher or the teacher is charging them, but because they should share and show their appreciation by their love offering or gratitude offering or money offering. And, uh, and I get it, you know, um, and I, I, I've seen it and I, I've had also, a discouraged heart watching what I call tap dance Christianity on, on the television and uh, all all the health, wealth, prosperity uh, views of uh, of this uh, uh, branch of Christianity that um, that seems to be capitalizing on the vulnerability of individuals who are sincerely seeking God, and uh, well, the inmates don't fall for it. They're um, you know they they've lived the lie. They know what it be, means to be in darkness. So when they see it in supposedly in a sacred uh, frame, uh, and they see that it's not actually valid, well, they they're in the right to say you know that's that's the a bigger hypocrisy even than than that than what they were doing because uh, at least if you know you were dealing with a thief, he was gonna make it very clear that's who you, or some type of a criminal, that's who you know you're dealing with, but. Um, 
the person who holds a Bible under their armpit and seems to present something, but behind the scenes has ill intent and manipulation, um, you know, there there seems to be the challenge. But uh, the truth is that in parallel, they're the same. It's the same spirit of hypocrisy. It's the same spirit of deception. Um, the only reason I'm sharing is because the inmate seems to be the one to challenge me on the idea and saying, yeah, what about the hypocrisy of the church? Why should I hear what anything that you have to say when I've seen all the lies and all the deception? Um, and the truth is they've also lived the deception, that they're actually probably living it right at that point, even challenging me and the idea. And the, the reason I'm sharing this is uh, to make a point of, of um, how something like that can distort our view or has already distorted our view in what Christianity um, is versus what uh, versus uh, um, or what it's projected to be versus what it truly is. And so um, the idea uh, in that sense, it's distorted and Sure, people have the right, and uh, and if they can see through it, uh, to dismiss it because it contradicts uh, the very statements that they seem to be projecting. Uh, God is love. God wants to save you. Uh, God wants to deliver you, uh, but it's going to cost you something. Um, it's true that Christianity or the commitment to God costs you something, but it costs you not necessarily um, not necessarily something that. Uh, is validated in your life. It costs you everything that is unvalidated in your life, and those things that have no value. Um, and those those things, once you have clarity about taking that next step forward, uh, should be easy to relinquish and yield and give up uh, once it's clear that those things have just been security blankets all your life, uh, and not necessarily the real thing uh, of what you should have in life, as far as God is concerned. Um, but uh, when I when I deal with these uh, challenges, um, I bring um, I bring a, a humble principle and a humble answer to say that one um, I I offer my apology to um, to the insult uh, because um, the truth is that um, and I've heard this some inmates have uh, had wanted in life to change their ways and when they showed up at the church or when they showed up. Uh, to speak to somebody who they assumed would be uh, the one to lead them into a right path, um, it made matters even worse. And actually, um, they were let down by the deception and the lie that was projected upon them from somebody they held dear and respectfully uh, to guide their life. Uh, so then um, not only did they get discouraged, and um, they, they assumed that because it was let down in the most uh, sacred place that life has to offer a solution uh, in the Christian faith um, that there's really no other place they can really go. So one, I offer an apology and I say, I'm really sorry. Uh, and please accept my apology, accept my apology on behalf of the hypocrisy of the Christian church. And I, I'll tell you that 99% of the time, uh, the individual who's truly offended uh, or has had a bad personal experience on this matter, uh, accepts the apology and literally says to me, you know, I've never had anybody apologize for my pain. Or one, they didn't realize that they were actually really offended by it, but the apology seemed to surface uh, the pain structure in their souls and say, wow, I didn't even think I was really hurt. But because you apologize, I didn't realize that that's what I needed. I needed to forgive the offense so we can move on. And um, I can't tell you that 
everybody has accepted the apology. Some have said they just really don't have want, want to have anything to do with it. But those that have accepted the apology and and then uh, and and have been at peace about it, um, then my follow up response to them is, um, do you want to continue in seeking? Because then I have more answers for you. And uh, I will tell you that not 99, but I would say 85% of those people uh, choose to want to continue to have a conversation about the matter. And uh, so then my response is one that the Lord gave me wisdom on because, um, you know, I, I know the deep darkness that some of these people have gone through. I know the hypocrisy and the lies and the projections that they've been uh, um, affected by uh, because I experienced it firsthand uh, and I get it. Uh, but at the same time, I also get the other side um, that has clarity. And in in welcoming the continuous conversation about the matter, then my my response is, you know, um, that not only apologizing, but being accepted and uh, accepting accepting the apology that's been offered to them, which gives me a step to move forward in the conversation is to say that by actually then, uh, acknowledging that there is a negative and hypocritical standpoint that they've actually affirmed the positive, meaning that because they acknowledge there's a negative distorted version or counterfeit version of something, they've affirmed that there's actually an absolute true version of the matter. Because, and here's the logic behind it, because you cannot have a negative without the positive. Um, the positive uh, is the absolute truth. Uh, position um, that actually uh, affirms the negative and the negative affirms the positive meaning you cannot have a negative without the positive it's the opposite of what ought to be and so by these people acknowledging that there is a negative distorted hypocritical standpoint they actually affirm that there's also a true way not realizing that they're doing it but they're actually affirming that there's a right way and uh, all they're doing is focusing and fixating on the negative to justify their their reason for dismissing it altogether and not want to take it on. But then my challenge is this, and as it is to them, I say to you, if you acknowledge the hypocritical, if you acknowledge that there's a negative, distorted, counterfeit version of what ought to be, then you affirm the positive. And, and in doing so, I would... I would encourage that the responsible thing to do as a human being is not necessarily to dismiss it altogether. Um, you can do that, but you can't say for that reason that there's a negative um, version of something that you and your right to dismiss it altogether, that you're justified. No, you can just say, uh, I know that there is this distorted version, but because of that, I choose to dismiss it altogether and not do my part or my responsible task of seeking out what the, listen carefully, right version of it is. See, because our human responsibility should lead us not only to acknowledge that the negative exists, but actually to find out what the positive version is. And my challenge and my encouragement is to those that have been pained, hurt, offended by the negative hypocritical standpoint of things, that not, not that you dismiss it altogether, um, but that you take on the responsible human task of finding out what the right version is. And then once you do that, to determine at that point whether you want to be part of it or not. 
So then you would have clarity of mind and understanding of what not only the negative is, because that's clear, but what the right version is and whether you want to uh, commit to it 100%. You know, I started the segment with um, talking about how many people are swayed. And there's many negative uh, versions of the truth unfolding out there. And that the church is being misled and justifying its position. But what I see um, is as one standing on the sideline, not taking the right-left position, but um, and not even calling it a neutral position, I would say that the position that I hold to uh, is a biblical one. And that's a lot for me to say. What I'm literally claiming is that uh, I'm claiming to hold the absolute true position, which doesn't give acknowledgement to right or left, but gives acknowledgement to all of humanity and acknowledges that all humans are created in God's image and that all humans have value and that ideas do have consequences, but the ideas are not filtered on the basis of left or right. But as one philosopher apologist said, that the ideas of humanity are based on whether it's up or down. Whether it's whether it's God or Satan. And unless we have the perfect fixed point of reference of who God is, we won't be able to tell the difference. And unfortunately, that's where we've we've come to. We've come to a place where, uh, and I'm talking about those who are making claims of Christianity in a certain view. We've come to a place where um, we want the Christian idea uh, to merge with uh, the earthly position idea and, and have it participate in our earthly activity. Um, but I tell you what that becomes. It becomes a new doctrine. And not only does it become a new doctrine, and if it doesn't hold to a true biblical, absolute truth standpoint of who God is or the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, then what it becomes, if it doesn't hold true, it becomes heresy. And if it becomes heresy, then it's not of God. Brother and sister, my encouragement to you and to the church is, one, that... Um, that we stop and ask ourselves, why are we welcoming divided lines instead of um, reconciling uh, parties of um, a relationship? And uh, why, why are we so quick to be emotionally responsive uh, and subjective in these matters versus objective and not give uh, an opportunity of a table conversation and let God speak to the to the situation. And why are we allowing the agenda to transform God's word instead of letting God's word transform the agenda? And unfortunately, it's dividing the house. Now, the word of God says very clearly, listen carefully, brother and sister, and you're already experiencing this. Uh, and the scripture actually emphasizes this on the basis of Satan when... Uh, the Lord Jesus Christ is accused to use of using uh, demonic uh, uh, powers to cast out demonic uh, demons out of, of out of uh, out of humans, 
And the Lord Jesus Christ's response is absolute. And he says, if Satan casts out Satan, what power does he have? He says, a divided house cannot stand. And he's clearly making a statement. Actually, Satan has no problem casting himself out because that's his agenda. And we don't know that that's exactly what he's doing in a sense that most people think that they're holding to a particular view and causing division in another view. And, and then Satan causes other people to get stirred up by that view. So then it causes them to have a response. And not only is he causing division and causing conflict and friction and literally civil a war among the body of believers that he's standing on the sideline giving high fives to his demons and saying, look what we've done. We've done the very thing we intend to do is to divide the house. And unfortunately, we have fallen to the trap. You know, if you're a, if you're a sincere believer in the Lord Jesus Christ and you hold dear to the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, you are never, now listen carefully, brother and sister, you are never in your right to hold a political card. Never. You don't have a political position. Because we are not of this world. We're, we're of another world. We're of the heavenly one. And the scripture is very clear. That he who uh, is born of the spirit of God is born of God. Not of human will or husband's uh, decision, but born of God. And here's another thing. And some of you need to hear this. If you ever bring up the race card, whether as being one who is victimized or seeing the victimization of something, then that's not biblical either. You don't hold a godly position. Because you don't have the right, according to a biblical standpoint, to hold the race card ever. It doesn't exist in the Christian doctrine. It doesn't exist in the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. You can never say that you are a victim because of a race that you hold or you are part of. And you can never accuse somebody of having a racial issue because that's not proper vision according to a biblical standpoint. We have a problem. We have a problem, brothers and sisters, and we're allowing Satan and his demons to continually project lies upon us and catering to this divided line that's causing a huge chasm among the body of Christ. And even the most solid traditions of Christianity, which those are hard to break, are being broken by these projected lies. And Satan's getting the victory. Brother and sister, I want to encourage you today that if you find yourself harboring bitterness, anger, frustration, because you think you're a victim of your race, or you see the victimization of somebody else's race, or you're a victim of a political standpoint, or you see somebody else being victimized by a, a political standpoint, or you're holding it, or it's divided your house, or it's divided the church, 
I challenge you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ to revisit your heart on the matter. Not your ideas and not the agenda, but your heart. And in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, ask God whether you're justified. Actually, I can already tell you, um, you don't have to ask. You're not justified. You're not justified. If you're harboring bitterness, anger, division, and you pull out the political or the race card, it's you're not justified. You can never be a victim of your race if you truly are a son or a child of the living God. It, it's not part of God's makeup. It's contradictory to God's character. You and I have no room to hold that card or a political one ever. It does not exist in God's kingdom. And we need to repent of that sin. Brother and sister, this needs to stop. And if it doesn't stop, I'm afraid that the biggest divide and the biggest civil war that's going to exist is not going to be on the lands of this country or the world. It's going to be in the body of Christ and God has had enough. Let me talk. Big plot talk on the line, just hold me down. Big dog beat, take it home, gotta give it to the pound. Yeah, light on my chest and my back, try to take me out.